I've just about had enough of you. I'm more than machine. A man made out of pig. I am at your disposal with 187 other languages along with their various dialects and subtitles. Dialects and subtitles. Hello. Welcome to another episode of 50 Years of Shit Robots, the podcast that is systematically going through 50 years between 1927 and 1977 and just asking the very simple question, were all the robots shit? <laughs> Stephen Murray, this is your premise. It is. I mean, just to a sort of like a recap, it's been mainly shit, hasn't it, would be the, the sort of takeaway. Yeah, it is. I was thinking the other day, there must be a reason why they are shit. I don't think we've actually touched on that. We've just basically looked at the fact that they're shit. Yeah. That they're, like, they're just like um, like boxes stuck together. Yeah. But why? So and then I was thinking what roles they played, and they played really sort of terrible roles of just a tiny little bit of spectacle, really. Is it because at the time, we're talking from the late 1920s, aren't we? In, and we're, we're currently... Yeah in the, the sort of early 1950s in our journey. And there's been a, just an explosion, isn't there? There's been a, a great sort of leap of knowledge in science. I suppose it's the atomic age, isn't it? Yeah. Is that, do you think that's got to do with the fact that there's so many robot films, but they're I, also terrible? I think we've, we're, we're invested now in, in robotics and AI. They weren't invested then in, you said there was a massive explosion. That's what they were invested in in those days, massive explosions. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, the science at the time, especially in the 50s, uh, was focusing on uh, weaponry and things like that. But but there was also focusing on making the home a really sort of beautiful place to live and freeing women up from, from chores. Yeah. I mean, most of the robots in the films that we've seen, their purpose has been as labour-saving devices. Slaves. Yes. Yes. Or, or, or a little comedy relief. Yes. Well, speaking of comedy relief... <laughs> We arrive. <laughs> We've arrived at 1952 for the film that we're going to dissect today um, and meet the robot in, which was a British film called Mother Riley Meets the Vampire. <laughs> or also known as, yeah, three names, isn't it? Vampire Over London or My Son the Vampire. Do you know why it has got three different names? Uh, a distribution in America, they needed to change the name. Um, That's right, yeah. And I think it was something to do with uh, really emphasising the fact that Bella Lugosi was in it. Yeah, and so so this is the second film in this in this podcast series that starred Bella Lugosi. Uh, or actually, there was a, it was a series. Was the other one a series? The other one was a series. It was uh, the mysterious Doctor Satan. No, it wasn't. wasn't it, it was. Um, Phantom Creeps? Yes, the Phantom Creeps. Phantom Creeps from the 1930s. And so Bela Lugosi was in that and, and also stars very much in this. And he's like the headline, or, well, joint top billing with uh, old mother Riley. But the, the story, I was reading about the story of him <laughs> being in this film is brilliant, which is that he was, um, he was due to take part in a stage play in the UK of Dracula. Yeah. That that didn't happen. It sort of for, for one reason or another, and so he needed to, he needed to raise some money to get back to America, and his agent suggested doing doing this sorted this oh, out wow, for him. Oh, really? Yeah, but it's he was apparently paid uh, five thousand dollars for the role, and I have uh, checked that, 
and it is, uh, according to the internet, is apparently worth about 50,000 quid now. Not bad. Not bad at all. My friends, this is the greatest moment of my life. For the first time, you will see my finest creation, the perfect man made man. I want you to fire up that big old brain of yours. Oh, thank you. Dr Murray, because um, this this was the first time I'd ever encountered Mother Riley. Right. But this is this is the the what what ends up being the last in a in a very long running um, film franchise, right? Seventeen films, extraordinary. Who was Mother Riley? How did Mother right, Riley? Right, this is come really in? interesting because trying to find all, all Mother Riley was a washerwoman or a shopkeeper or running a pub, a, a woman of a of a certain age. Yeah, um, it's uh, played by Arthur Lucan in drag. Now the character was very gangly, very uh, very theatrical in in bending her body in various ways in the wrong way, and being yeah. the sort of person who lived in a terraced house in the old days, which would be the fool in the community. Yeah. So he made this character enormously popular, so much so that in 1941 he was named the second most popular British star. <laughs> It was huge. <laughs> who was the most popular British? <laughs> well, who do you think? Turned out nice again. Oh, yeah. So behind George Formby... George Formby. Old Mother Riley is the most popular British performer in the early 1940s. Yep. That's incredible. He was deemed in 1942 to be uh, making him uh, a top ten star in England. Now, when it says top ten star in England, that's stage as well and radio. Yeah. So he started on the stage, presumably. Oh, yeah, yeah. He yeah. started on the stage. Uh, he changed his name from Towel, I think it was Towie or Towel to Lucan to give him a more Irish kind of feel because he's an Irish character. Yeah, Mother uh, Riley's an Irish character. An, an Irish character. And then he met and married Kitty McShane, who was 15 and he was 26. Right. Uh, and then Kitty McShane <laughs> is in every single one of his films, apart from the vampire one, because they had separated. Okay. So she's in every single one playing his daughter. <laughs> but she's his wife in real life. His wife in real life. Now, that has a direct lineage to um, Brendan O'Carroll and Jennifer Gibney, who play Mrs. Brown and Mrs. Brown's daughter. Yeah. So Brendan O'Carroll's wife plays his daughter. And well, and, I mean, and... Irish, and he plays just an ordinary woman of a certain age. <laughs> A letter from a woman in Donegal who said last Wednesday was so windy one of her hens laid the same egg five times. <laughs> yeah, and in, uh, from my own childhood, I'm I'm thinking of um, the Crankies as yes. a husband yeah, and yeah. wife who played sort of father and son. Father and son. <laughs> sort of a strange twist on it. So she would be known as a drag king. <laughs> I'm pleased we've got... It's only taken us 18 episodes and we've got the crankies. Crowbar the crankies. crankies. <laughs> okay, so he was gone. so famous, he's got... There's a blue plaque, which was unveiled in 1978 to commemorate where he lived, which was right. 1140 Lane in Wembley. Wow. Uh, on his death, he was worth approximately £2 million. 
two million of them of then pounds or two yes, million of now, now pounds. I know you're really good at doing this. I don't know what um, site <laughs> you use, Shall but I, I looked it? at oh, one, go on. and it's the equivalent of fifty point five million today. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, given that I've told you all of this, there is very little about him on the internet, which is yeah. astonishing. Because it is, isn't it? Yeah, he was enormously famous, enormously successful. The 17 films that he made were huge, huge hits, colossal hits. Were, I'm assuming he wasn't the first British drag act. He was one of the first. I think there was, there were some drag acts, some really popular ones. There was a drag king called Vesta Tilly, and she played a toff. Mm. And then you're going to jump, there's a kind of a mellifluous gap but he's there, mm. but it seems to have been omitted from uh, online history at least. Then you kind of, you get people like um, Danny LaRue and you get Dame Edna Everidge, housewife and, housewife and superstar. Mm. And they're all incredibly glamorous. Now, uh, Old Mother Riley sits in this area which is abject. At the, at the time, enormously popular, but now looking back, it doesn't sit in the glamour it's not like Vesta Tilly playing a toff or Danny LaRue playing an enormously glamorous person. So Old Mother Riley, Arthur Lucan's creation, sits in this strange area. And he was around a lot on TV when I was young. And, and my mum, who was of the generation who would go to the cinema to see the films, really liked Old Mother Riley. Mm. And, you know, there was always a character that could be quoted as a bit, oh, she's a bit of an Old Mother Riley, which means yeah. she's a bit batty. I mean, it feels very pantomime. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because, I mean, drag, you've got Principal Boy, which was in pantomime, which was the lead male character always played by a female. And, of course, you've got the uh, characters of the Ugly Sisters, which are always men in drag. Mm. And this goes right back to Shakespeare. And we can always go on about the fact that it was illegal for women to be on stage, so all the female parts were played by males. Yeah. So there is a rich history of it. But there is this there? idea of popularizing a man in drag in a popular media. Arthur Lucan was right at the forefront and enormously popular. Now, as you say, there's 17 films. Yeah. I've, I've just got the list of the films up. And it's, um, yeah. it's so from 19, 1937 was the first Old Mother Riley film, which was called Old Mother Riley. Um, and then the, the last one was the one we're looking at today Mother Riley Meets the Vampire, 1952. He died in 1954. Mm. And it says at the time of Lucan's death, he was scheduled to film Old Mother Riley's Trip to Mars. Oh, <laughs> I feel we've been no. really robbed of robbed of that. Now you've already alluded to this, but the, I found the plot very confusing. Yeah, it is. It's like, it's hugely confusing because right there's a bit from, of monologuing right at the beginning, isn't it, from the uh, from the police? <laughs> there is. <laughs> the exposition uh, meeting. Prior to that, two people get kidnapped. <laughs> yeah. So the first thing we see is two people getting kidnapped, and yeah. we've absolutely no 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 idea what their relationship to each other is even. No. Except that they know each other. They 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 get kidnapped. So bizarre. And then it cuts to the <laughs> it cuts to the exposition police department, who um to, to fill us in on all of the relevant details that there's a vam- vampire on the loose. Yeah. But then they start talking about kind of the main character played by Bella Lugosi, who is Van Housen, mm. saying that um, 
he's been here for six weeks and 30 women have gone missing in six weeks. Yeah. And then, and then the policeman says, but I don't think there's a connection there. <laughs> uh, but I <laughs> do think that Van Housen is a very dangerous man. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that sort of figure of 30 women going missing. 30. 30. Three zero. <laughs> it's never explained. No. Ever in the in the rest of the film, why he might have, or whether he did kidnap these thirty women, or or what he would have used them for. Well, there's there's a little bit where he's, he's where as uh, Van Housen is talking to Old Mother Riley, and he's he's talking about blood groups, and he's yeah. feeding feeding her up with liver. With, yeah. So we, we we discover there's a vampire on the loose, and we know pretty pretty early on in the film that they're refer well that they're referring to the Bella Lugosi character, yeah. Van Van Housen. But is he a vampire? <laughs> he sleeps in a coffin. He does sleep in a coffin, and as you say, he does he does want to f- to feed up w- the women with sort of iron rich. Meats, yeah, <laughs> but why? I, this is you know, it's just sounding like a David Lynch film <laughs> that has been made by David Cronenberg, yeah, with old mother Riley in it. With old mother Riley in it. <laughs> so, Richard Gordon, who I think was one of the producers, he definitely was one of the writers on it, said that <laughs> he said that the they had to write in this idea that. Bella Lugosi's character wasn't a vampire and in that way it would get a U certificate allowing oh. children who who were old mother Riley's biggest audience to see it. Wow. So I think we can say that 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 Bella, <laughs> Bella Lugosi is not playing a vampire. So he's playing this weird person who sleeps in a coffin who wants women to eat lots of iron rich meat. <laughs> <laughs> who claims that his uncle was a bat. Oh, yes, there's a portrait on the wall of a bat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and who, I mean, to all intents and purposes, acts very much like a vampire, but that he isn't a vampire. Yeah. So they could have made another one with Old Mother Riley meets the serial killer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. They've obviously gone for the vampire because of Bella Lugosi, right? Yeah, that was yeah. it. He was quite happy to be um, Dracula or a vampire. He was mm. quite happy to do it. He was never jaded about that. He was buried in his Dracula outfit. <laughs> That's amazing. And I think we really need to remind people, there is a robot in it. There is a robot. We will come to the robot. <laughs> we will come to the robot. There are a couple of kind of odd moments... And, and actually, the, the first sort of five, ten minutes, you get a few of these odd moments. So we've had a scene where someone's kidnapped. Yeah. We've had our exposition meeting with the police where they've explained there's a vampire and the 30 women have been, have been taken. And then, and then we, we get to meet old Mother Riley. In, and the first thing we see of her is, is um, the, the camera's on the outside of a shop and she's on the inside of a shop. And she's talking to the rent collector. But the way that the conversation is 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 shown is is through that sort almost like that Charlie Brown teacher talk. Oh you know yeah, I mean? it's like it's very high high pitched, speeded up. It's um, done with a it's done with a trumpet, isn't it? It's yeah, probably. It's, it's something like that, isn't it? Yeah, it's it feels odd because it's not really something that is ever used again. Yeah. 
there's loads of signs on the outside as well of that shop. That are, they're all comedy signs. Oh, I didn't all, see them. They're all in jokes for the time. You wouldn't have. I really, I, I really want to see them now. Hang on. Okay. So her store, Riley's store, is is it's got the sign definitely uncooperative. <laughs> That's quite a nice joke. I like that one. And unregistered customers served only. I don't know what that means. That must be an in-joke of the time. It might be something to do with um, rationing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's good. I mean, that's incredible. That's like The Simpsons, that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Having all of those little jokes to... Uh... Which you have to catch quite quickly before you actually enter the shop. Yeah. So it's almost like they've made, a, they've made a, the perfect um, vehicle for the DVD generation. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 40 years before the technology existed um and then yeah so 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 first impressions of mother riley are, are i think that i thought that it was um pantomime yeah, yeah. and you've got to understand that, that the character and the films were for all the family and so a lot of the jokes were in jokes for the adults one of the lines that she says to somebody is may the saints shower you with sailors on shore leave which is definitely a line mm. for the adults. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and some of the physical comedy, that's all for the kids. <laughs> my, one of my notes from this section is, it's a musical, question mark, question mark, exclamation mark. And in a way, I was sad that this, that there is, it's the one and only musical number. Yeah, I don't even know whether there's more in the other ones, but I, I guess there's probably a song in each each one. Yeah. And it fitted in with the thing at the time. A lot of people at the time, you know, were strapped for cash. The war hadn't ended that long ago. And the, the, the rent collector and the landlord, they were all villainous characters. Well, in fact, the the rent collector is referred to many, many times as, the, as a vampire. The vampire. What's um, his name in it? Mr. Payne. <laughs> Mr. Payne, I love the it. rent collector. It's really good, isn't it? Yeah. Akin to the Mr. Payne, the rent collector joke, there was the joke where... So at this point, Mother, um, Mother Riley finds out she's inherited some stuff from a dead relative. I think she employs the firm of solicitors called Fleesome, Fleesome, Fleesome and Grab. <laughs> Oh, it's so was gorgeous. Very, very funny. <laughs> there were lots I of... must admit, there are parts in the film where I actually laughed out loud. Yeah. No, it's absolutely same. Absolutely same. Um, but it's not long after this that we meet the robot, is it? No, because there's a mix-up. The robot is supposed to go to Van Housen's house, which is populated by a family of strange, strange people. Uh, and that gets mixed up, so... Uh, Bella Lugosi gets this box full of the inherited um, stuff, the, the inherited Mother Riley stuff, which yeah. is like bedpans and junk. Yeah, and all the all Mother Riley gets uh, the robot. Yes, yeah. I mean, there's an awful. This film relies an awful lot on mistaken identity. Yes, it does. <laughs> <Doesn't> it? <laughs> yeah. But you know, so we see the robot quite early on in the film, yeah. and the film is not a long film. It's nope. like about 87 minutes. Oh, or they pack like it in. They absolutely pack it in. What do you think about the robot? I kind of loved it. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you. It's, it looks like it's probably about seven feet tall and it's got a massive head that looks like an Easter Island head, but it's got a, it's got a classic 
dome, glass domed brain. And I with I stuff love, inside it. Yeah, I love a glass domed brain. It, it also, I, I, it also reminded me a little bit of the Iron Giant. They did the right things with it. It still has that clunkiness of all the robots that we've seen with yeah. a little bit extra, more flourishes on it to make it a bit more sinister. But the way they used it was really good. Yeah, it was good, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. I really like they also, there's, a, there's a, a bit where the robot sort of kidnaps Mother Riley, where it's all, sh- or, or a lot of it is shot robot POV. Yes. So you don't see the robot, but you kind of see the terror, uh, <laughs> the comedy terror that Mother Riley goes through. And I thought that was really smart. And it's the first time I think we've ever seen that. Yeah, actually, you're right. The first time a POV is used in that sense was always put down to the uh, gunslinger. Yeah. In Westworld. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So this is like, it's a groundbreaking film. It's very groundbreaking. <laughs> um, the robot also is described, we get a description of it from Van Hoosen, the, the Bella Lugosi character, who says, he says that it's a robot with a living brain. It can think for itself. Um, and I'd say that that is uh, d- debatable. A lie. <laughs> Where it can. Because it seems like the only way it can be controlled is by Bella Lugosi shouting at it through a... Through a microphone. And twiddling uh, knobs. Twiddling knobs. He still has this enormous control room and, and where he can talk to the robot if it's, um, you know, and, and so it kidnaps Mother Riley and then it has to sort of like get in a car. Um, when gets in the car really well. Gets in the car very well, yeah. It's the best getting in a car robot we've ever seen in this series so far. And it gets in a car with a, a cliched toff drunk. Yeah. Who, with a who... monocle. <laughs> Hilariously, sort of tries to engage the robot in conversation. Just round the bend, old man, will you? Thank you very much. I didn't take you too far out of my way, did you? I hope. You know, you know, there is a character in it that we're familiar with. <laughs> yes, I was literally just about to mention it. Yes, yes. Go on, you do it. Well, I'm just trying to find his name. David Hurst. David Hurst as Muggsy. Yeah. yeah, and we've seen David Hurst before. We we saw him in a in a film. He's a German actor, and we saw him in a film uh, that we've just watched called A Perfect Woman, where he played uh, Winkel, the comedy German butler stooge. Wolfgang Winkel. <laughs> Wolfgang Winkel. Winkel. Wolfgang Wilhelm Winkel II. And here, uh, David Hurst plays a character called Muggsy, who again is very much sort of comic relief, really, isn't he? Um, I, I think he's he's quite funny in a modern kind of way. The excitement when I was watching this, and I and I realised that Vinkel uh, was in this film was extraordinary. Um, and so I was then looking at other things that he'd done, and um, Wolfgang Vinkel in The Perfect Woman was his first dramatic role, but he went on to do. He was in some. Some very famous films. He, he was. was in, he was in Kelly's Heroes, Hello Dolly, The Boys from Brazil. He was in a lot. Great he was film. In, yeah, he was in a lot of a lot of stuff. So he, I think he probably played German characters, didn't he? Sort of. He was sort of got got stereotypes into. There's uh, an irony in that though, because he was one of nearly ten thousand children in 1938 and 39 moved with the Kinder Transport to the United Kingdom. Yeah, he separated from his mother. And never 12 years, and then he never saw her again. Yeah. 
And he only passed away really recently, died mm. in September 2019. So great stuff from uh, old uh, Wolfgang Winkel. It was we, honestly just so delightful to, to see him. We love a bit of Winkel. <laughs> we do. It's great that they, I mean, he obviously was like, he was, must have been known for a little bit as specialising in British robot farts. <laughs> British <laughs> well, robot yeah, comedy films. Which I thought was amazing. The other characters that are in the house of Bella Lugosi are Ian McCrae, Hamish Wilson, as Hitchcock, who is the Renfield stroke Igor character. Is he the one with glasses? Yeah, the tiny one who... Who, who just um, laughs a lot. Bolting Brothers called him a lucky charm because every time they put him in a film, it was hugely successful. Amazing. He's kind of typecast in these kind of bespectacled uh, admin kind of person. Yeah. But he was in 145 films over his career. Amazing. Um, and then there's uh, Judith Furse, who always played these characters that uh, looked like uh, Russian shop putters. <laughs> Uh, with with like a, a maid of Orleans haircut. Then there's a point in the film where the robot comes into its own because it smashes through doors. It climbs a flight of stairs. Yeah. I like the way they filmed him climbing the flight of stairs yeah. as well, which again was just to focus on his sort of face, looming yeah. face as it sort of kind of moved sort of step by step up the stairs. And it was it was quite sinister. Yeah. Well, I mean, in, in many ways, I suppose you could say, would you say that this was the unstoppable it in the film? He played that sort of role, didn't he? Well, yeah. it no? wasn't unstoppable, was <laughs> no, it? it was very stoppable. <laughs> <laughs> Old now, Mother Riley found some sort of instrument and, and basically took him apart. Yeah. That was weird, wasn't it? Yeah. It was such an odd... I mean, this film, as I'd say, uh, I was really surprised at how quickly it all wrapped up. Yeah, I think um, I think they ran out of money. Yeah. It was his least <laughs> successful like film. It. Yeah, it feels like it. Because as you say, the robot, she basically just just jumps on the robot um, and then starts removing his legs and his limbs until he's, his sort of torso explodes. Yeah, she tips the, the legs upside down and all the bits fall out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so endeth the robot. Yeah, and then not long after that, endeth everything. We we sort of see one of the women that Bella Lugosi is kidnapped, and actually it's the woman who was kidnapped right at the start of the film, isn't it? Yes, which would have been played by Kitty, his wife. Right, <laughs> but wasn't because they got divorced. They got divorced. Um, and we find out why uh, Van Housen, Bella Lugosi, has kidnapped her, and it's because she knows where a map of uranium is, and he needs uranium in order to create an army of these uh, these robots. robots. So we do find out why he's kidnapped this one woman. Yeah. But again, no sense of why he's kidnapped the 30 pre- pre- or 29 previous women. Or, or, or killed them or whatever. Or kill whatever he's done, yeah. So mother, old Mother Riley saves the woman and then uh, Van Hoosen is, is captured by the police. He's... he's yeah, oh God, I it's try, a shootout. I mean, yeah, but it's, it's almost shoot- like not worth explaining. Do you no, know what I mean? I know. I know exactly <laughs> because what you mean. Just, it takes up too much time. We've, it's we've so been contrived. Here, we've been here so long trying to explain this film. Yeah. Yeah. He's foiled at the end, and that's it. That is that. And that's the last time we see Mother Riley on screen. Yeah, it is. Uh, old Mother Riley and, uh, and Mr Lucan will go on tour and enormously successful with the show, uh, and then he'll die a couple of years later in the theatre. Yes. Which theatre was it? Tivoli in Hull. Uh, the robot costume... 
kind of made a completely unexpected return into, into the spotlight when it was up for auction in Bonhams in 2010. The costume sold for £1,680. Wow. The robot also makes an appearance in the Avengers, not the MCU Avengers, the wonderful 1960s TV series uh, in an episode called The See-Through Man with uh, Roy Kinnear. Brilliant. And then it turns up again in auction in 2011 in America, and it's up for auction for $15,000. So uh, let's rate the robot. Marked. I like the robot. Yeah, I thought yeah. he was. He functioned really well. He was filmed really well, and they utilised him superbly. Yeah, I I agree. I still, again, don't quite see him as the threat that he is no. portrayed to be in the film. That again, that it's only really because old Mother Riley spends so much time running around rather than actually doing something that could trip him up. Or yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, he just pursues her. He just pursues her while she runs and, and does lots of funny leg movements at the top of stairs. <laughs> the, the, one, the one sort of um, contemporary review I could find was from the Monthly Film Bulletin, which of the film Old Mother Riley Meets the Vampire, it said the film is stupid, humorless and repulsive. Oh, Wow. Wow, to attack on repulsive. <laughs> yeah. Stupid and humorless, I can go with, but repulsive? <laughs> um, it was definitely worth watching. I, I, I sort of, I, I enjoyed it a bit, but um, I probably won't ever watch it again. No. Okay, so uh, we move on, uh, and the next film that we're going to be tackling is a film from, it's a, a year later than Mother Riley Meets the Vampire, uh, it's from 1953. It's called Robot Monster. For, for anyone who wants to watch it and <laughs> and then discuss it with us. And uh, in in the notes, uh, it's called one of the worst, poorly edited and incompetent evil robot sci-fi beam films ever made. So yeah, that's something to look forward to, isn't it? Yeah. So we should be doing that on the next thrilling instalment of 50 Years of Sheer Robots. And until that time, have a wonderful week or, or day if you're sort of binge listening uh, or month if you're taking your time over these or where, wherever, whenever you're listening. Um, take care. Godspeed. Goodbye. Goodbye. This electronic marvel is a super robot of all times. 